Hi, good evening. I'm Carmina Constantino. Welcome to this episode of After the Fact, where we get to see things more clearly, where we get a better sense of the truth. So let's begin by dissecting the news. The state of the nation is strong, all thanks to Filipina Olympian Heidelin Diaz. With every ounce of grit and determination, she lifted the whole country when she hoisted all of those 224 kilograms in, to in the Tokyo Olympics, breaking Philippine and Olympic records. The four-time Olympian will be coming home to a hero's welcome. She did, after all, ended in almost century-old wait for that elusive gold medal. Behind the celebration, though, is a sector badly beaten and bruised by politics and power play, inequitable distribution of funding and exposure. And we're going to talk about all that tonight. Be part of our discussion, send us your questions and comments on our YouTube live chat or tweet us using the hashtag ANC after the fact. Joining us tonight, Philippine Olympians Association president and three-time Olympian and eight-time Southeast Asian Games gold medalist for swimming, Akiko Thompson Guevara. And also with us, Philippine Olympians Association treasurer and 1992 Summer Olympics bronze medalist for Taekwondo, Stephen Fernandez. And later on in the program, we'll be joined by Philippine Sports Commission Chairman William Butch Ramirez. To our athletes tonight, good evening to you. Welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us, Akiko and Stephen. Good evening, Carmina. Thank you for having us here tonight. Hi, Carmina. Thank you for inviting Akiko and I to your show. And of course, good evening to all the uh, viewers and listeners. Well, first of all, congratulations, Team Philippines. Can you believe it? Can you, can, can, has it sunk in yet? Grabe. I think, you know, every, the whole country, Carmina is on a high, you know, just last, watching her last night, I was in, I think everyone was in tears, you know, it was just so emotional. And every time you replay or, or just think about it, it's just like, ah, so uh, yeah, it's such a wonderful, wonderful moment for Philippine sports. Yeah, Stephen, I don't know about you, but very early this morning, I was still, you know, I was still playing um, that that clip over and over again. It was on loop of the lupang hinirang being played, our flag, you know, above the other two flags, Heidelin in tears, clutching the medals. Um, what does this mean for Filipino athletes, this gold medal win of Heidelin Diaz, Stephen? For me, you know, I, I was all, actually also in tears when I saw the video, the clip of the national anthem because I truly got emotional because this is something we've been wanting and waiting for for so many years. And finally, the gold medal came through Heidelin. So it really gives a lot of hope and uh, it fulfilled a dream that we once only thought of. And uh, today it's a reality. And, you know, even me and Akiko today are still on a natural high. And of mm -hmm. course, our Kababayans are really, you know, celebrating this uh, major victory of Heidelin. Mm. And for this, Akiko, to happen in the time of a pandemic, what do you think is the impact of this win? You know, all the more. And just knowing the challenges that all of our athletes had to face, you know, there were so many uncertainties. I think till the final end, we really weren't sure if the Olympics would come to pass and you know um just finding ways for for many of these athletes just to stay in tip-top shape was really hard and you know we we, we all know Hedlin's journey she had hasn't been with her family for i don't know how many months a whole year or so and it, so it's it um 
we know how much they sacrificed and so just to to see her especially uh be, just come out victorious is just all the more just and, and you know we you know, she's also at the peak of her career although she's spoken about continuing on um you know I, before that she i think we all kind of thought that this would be her final hurrah just because you know there's also life after sport but it seems like she's uh, been reinvigorated which is wonderful for us um yeah so just seeing her progress as an athlete has been just so uh, awesome Akiko spoke about uh, challenges in an athlete's life, and there are many, right? And it's not just about, you know, the challenges within the sport, the training that you have to go through. There are external factors as well. And one of the things that is often um, said together with the state of um, Philippine sports is the power play and the politics that happens behind the scenes. Um, Stephen, let me ask you, why do you think that this sector is such fertile ground for power play and politics? Well, in all things, no, there, there are always struggles. But what is important is for us to really shield the athletes from events like this, that we tell them to really just focus on their training and let the officials you know, handle the, the problems or the situations that may affect the training of our athletes and, of course, the results. But, of course, you know, uh, these things sometimes are unavoidable. There are uh, different personalities. But what is important is that we come together in events like this and put aside all differences for the sake of national unity and, of course, uh, national pride. So in the past, you know, like in the SEA Games, you know, uh, there were many talks. But definitely, you know, this was set aside and the athletes were shielded from any problem. So that's why we came out really well. And uh, today... And tomorrow, let's look forward to better uh, achievements by our national athletes now that we have a gold medal and it proves the Filipino can win mm. in that world stage. Kasi hindi ba, Akiko, nakakasira yan ng diskarte. It gets to you. When you know that all these things are are happening and you have to be focusing on, on your skill and on your, on your sport, and yet all these external things are happening, um, what does it take away from, from the athlete's focus when all of these things are happening around him? It's so hard, Carmina, and that's why, you know, just the whole team, uh, how important that the people that surround the athletes are, kind of just to shield them, to help them process. You know, I don't know if you saw, there was a post of, of Hedelin's hands and the gold, yes. and, and one of the posts was saying that, you don't even see half the scars. You know, her, her her hands are all scarred up already, but you don't see the other, all the other scars within. And I, you know, they, they just, I guess also in the light of um, social media and everything, you know, it's just easier to make a unthought of comment and, and bash, you know, say things that are really hurtful and, and, uh, yeah, and then it's just, I guess, exponentially, um, re, you know, it, it's, it's just that much more powerful in reach. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and you can't, I, I, you know, I think Penn and I have our own, you know, uh, journeys. Uh, just there, there will always be, sometimes people don't even intend to, but 
it's hurtful too. And you know, you have to realize and remind yourself the pressure this woman is carrying. It's 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 intense and and you know just how how to process that how to carry that how to deal with that and reminding yourself at the same time why you're doing what you're doing and mm -hmm. and you know keeping that passion and that joy when it really becomes like work yeah it can be at least you're gonna have to leave it uh, live it and breathe it right that is that's how an athlete should be. But I, I can't forget what Heidelin said in one of her first interviews, um, Stephen and Akiko. She said, Nakita ko na magaling ako, walang imposible. This is one of the things that she said after her win in the Tokyo mm -hmm. Olympics. And with that simple statement, you can derive a lot of things from that. Um, one of them is, of course, the doubt. Um, is is that is that something that usually happens, uh, Stephen, in an athlete's life, where for one reason or another you begin to doubt yourself and it messes up with your psyche, and it can impact on your performance, Stephen? That's true, Carmina. Uh, it's very important that uh, you know, an athlete stays focused, and just like Akiko and many other athletes in the past, at one point in our one at one point in time of our careers, we also did have those kinds of doubts. But it's the training that we will go through that will prove otherwise that, hey, I can do this. And of course, with the support of your coaches, your family, your friends, you know, nothing is impossible. And of course, you, know, you have to have faith always in, in the Lord up there who's guiding you for the gift of sport. And, you know, um, for Heidlin, I know how she feels, no? Like, She's, we've all seen the post that in 2008, she didn't, she didn't uh, make it. 2012, she didn't finish. 2016, she made the silver. And finally, you know, with all that hard work, all that doubt to the point of quitting and moving again, striving hard again, now she's an Olympic gold medalist. So it really culminates into this. Everything that she's done, looking into the, the past, you know, that, that all her sacrifices paid off. And this is something that we can show to our young athletes that it's not impossible. But as long as you can dream, you have to work for it. You have to be dedicated. And of course, you will have to prepare for sacrifices along the way. But Akiko, when doubt happens, though, shouldn't the system kick in to sort of save, um, save the, the athlete, protect um, the athlete. And when you talk about the system, it's, you know, the national policy co co um, coming from the government. Um, do you think that there is enough there in place um, to, to protect, to serve, to um, prop up our athletes? You know, a lot of things have been said about the sector. Um, and you've seen a lot. Both of you have seen a lot. But do you think that we've reached that point that you're you're starting to see the sector turn the corner here? You know, I believe so. At least I, I I'd like to believe so, Carmina, because you you know you look at the our Olympians at these games. It's not just Hedelin. I mean, you have several really high caliber potential medalists out there. You know, it's it's just. 
the fact that they're they're attaining this kind of level is I think uh, we're doing something right. Mm. Um, and I, I think, you know, I think we're, we're realizing, especially, I mean, going back to Hedlin, it, it really, it's not just Hedlin and her coach. It's just, the, you know, her nutritionist. It's all, it's it's a lot more complex, the needs. Mm. And I think that's also a learning thing for, for Philippine sports that, it, you know, you want to attain that kind of a success. It comes with a hefty price you know there's a yeah. lot of it's, it's it's not it's not cheap it's not cheap and and not cheap but it's not it's painful too for the athlete but there's a lot involved in that and and you know i i think we're realizing that maybe in the past uh i mean at least in my case we didn't have sports psychiatrists working with us or you know that kind of thing so i i'm i'm hopeful mm. um but um what is the role here of do you think that turning the corner um steven can be done on government's money alone tell us about the role of the private sector here and the impact that it has on this on the sports sector both good and bad well right now i believe no it's good that both the government and the private sector really came together in this uh, uh support for the tokyo olympians uh, because given the situation, of course, today uh, with the pandemic, of course, funds are very limited and the sponsorship from the private sector did help a lot, no? especially uh, in the individual events that, you know, that participated now in Tokyo. And at the same time, uh, government has really given a lot. No? Just going back to what Akiko said earlier, during our time, uh, we didn't have, you know, what they have today. Uh, it's much better now. It's more equipped. It's a whole team when you travel, especially in the Olympics. It's different when you go to a regional or just an Asian level. But, you know, to go to the world stage, to the Olympics, it's a whole team. And Akiko's correct, no? With government and private money, you can hire the best coaches, nutritionists, psychologists, um, doctors, medical practitioners to really surround the athlete with all the help and support that he or she may need you know, going into these games because, you know, from every stage you participate in the event, it gets tougher and tougher. And, you know, that's where you also need a, a sports psychologist as you go along because there's no, along the way, you know, you're going up against better opponents in every stage and you'll have to reinforce that, you know, you can do it. You can achieve this. You can make it. And mm -hmm. today we have, the athletes have that. Are they? Not so much. But through the years, yeah. we saw the development of this, uh, this, this uh, team around an elite athlete. Mm. Kirby, okay, if I might just, yeah, I just wanted to add, you know, whatever whatever the athlete needs to compete at that level, you know, you have we have to be able to provide it. And I don't think you know Stephen is right. You know, the government has given a lot of funding and support. Uh, but it's it's for that kind of you know we of level we need the support of the private sector. It's just there reality of, of this situation we're in, there's just not enough money to go around for for all the sports uh, that the PSC uh, funds. And, yeah. and of course, as, as Stephen was saying, I mean, last year, even more so, just made it even doubly more challenging because you know, the facilities I know needed to be uh, used as quarantine places. And so it just, you know, complicates it even more we already have small funding compared to what other countries are getting 
Uh, but then, you know, compounded with the challenges that we were all faced with, I think makes it even more har harder. Is it the same though? Um, Stephen a while ago was talking about, you know, the support um, that uh, the sector gets. It's now better than before. But would you say that this is true across all um, um, all the sports clubs? Um, because the fear is maybe you're not, maybe some are getting it because it's more appealing to support uh, from the private sector. And therefore the question of inequitable distribution of funding kicks in. Stephen, what can you say about that? Well, I believe, uh, it's, it's, thank you for the question, Carmina. But I truly believe before the funding really comes in, the program starts in the different sports associations. And when you have a program, you have a development pool, a team, that will compete. I believe the government will fund, especially you know, if the athletes have the potential and the capabilities to achieve, and they see that these athletes will bring honor, the government will support. But it starts really from the different NSAs around. And, and then adding on to what Penn is saying, you know, if you have also a really well-run NSA that you know, has their act together, I, I, I don't think it should be so hard to get people, uh, private companies to, to support and, and, and sponsor them as well. Um, I'm trying to think about the landscape of sports. And you're right, though, Carmina. I think some sports are better funded than others. Um, I'm but I, yeah, trying to think, think of all the different sports. You know, I, I just curious, Noah, you said a while ago, if the NSAs do have their act together, then it's going to be easier for them. But what is it about um, these NSAs that, again, makes it quite difficult for at least some to get their act together? Silence. Well, for me, the most important is really to have a program. Uh, for a grassroots development uh, program, you know, for kids, for teens, because this is where it starts. It's hard to train an adult athlete right away, but you know, you plant the seeds while they're young, they blossom later on, just like, you know, so many athletes today that have given honor in different sports. But, but really, it's, it's not an easy task. Um, I know there are many problems uh, also surrounded or surrounding the different NSAs. But, you know, they're doing their best also, especially, you know, when events in multi-sports come uh, because everybody, you know, wants to give their athletes a chance to play. And, you know, the different sports associations know that the kids, the children, uh, the athletes around them, you know, want to give honor for the country. And, you know, it's, it's painful. And if you can't provide that. So that's the task now of the different NSAs. And so far, you know, in, the, in many years that... Uh, I've been involved in sports. Uh, I've seen a lot of development also in, in, this, in, this, in, this, in this level. And I hope, you know, that we still get better. There's always room to improve. Uh, we don't stop. They said, yeah, if you, you stop improving, then there's nothing more to do. But, you know, even today, uh, with the Olympics still ongoing, you know, uh, we have to prepare already eventually for the next events, Sea Games, Asian Games, Olympics. And now that we have the momentum or we have this gold medal, we can, you know, use this as a spark really to, to, 
to build our, you know, our confidence in the international scene. Let me just follow up on what you said, Stephen. You said a while ago that in the many years that you've seen this sector develop and and really just push and and defy um, defy gravity. Um, this development that you speak of, did this come courtesy of politicians? Um, would this development have come without the help of politicians, or did the politicians do more harm than good to the sector? Well, I, I guess it would be a balance. You know, there has to be a balance. Uh, there are also officials, uh, people in government or who are politicians today who were former athletes, and, you know, their heart is with the sport, and they yeah. continue to support the events that they've been, you know, joining or participating in. And, of course, there have also been, you know, it's, it's in the news that we know that there are also some that didn't turn out well. Uh, that's why, you know, later on, you know, leaderships change. But I guess really through the years, you know, it has helped in a way. In our sport, in Taekwondo, it has helped. Um, my, my teammate, Monsoor, uh, was, was an athlete. He got into sports and to politics. And, you know, he helped the sport a lot also when he entered that, uh, that field. And uh, I'm sure the other athletes listening who are in government today will do the same. You know, mm -hmm. especially kaya ng Pilipino, manalo talaga. <laughs> a while ago, you were talking about grassroots development. Akiko, what will it take um, for, for us to reach all those young people who have, who, who have dreams not just of you know, becoming an athlete, but also for most of them, they see this as a way out of poverty? Yes, you know, you're right. You're so right, Carmina. I mean, you look at the stories, right, of, of Manny Pacquiao, of, of Hidalim, you know, they, you know, they come from humble beginnings and um, it's, which is awesome. I mean, because it just becomes more real for, for I think, for the youth that if, if they, if they're able to do it, um, why not them too, you know? Yeah. So, I, and, I, and I'm just, I'm just so, you know, I'm so, Proud of Hedlin, you know she's such. Uh, her is really she always gives back, and you, you know she said so much that she wants to build her own gym to inspire. You know it's not just it can't stop with her. She, you know there has to be uh, someone that comes after. You know Penn and I, we we were with the Philippine Olympians Association, and we've had for two years been running sports clinics and you know yes. Hedelin, god bless her you know she's been there to inspire the youth and, and talk to the street kids and you know i just i i thank god that um she has that in her also you know it, it's it's it, she cares about and she realizes what a role model she is and, and how she can inspire so many and she's mm -hmm. i think very, being very conscious about that how much of a help do you think will a national sports academy bring into the picture to sort of get because right now you know we're planting dreams we're 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 giving them something to dream about but it's another story altogether to get behind those dreams and make them really um a reality for for all of these kids for all of these dreamers steven national sports academy how can that help? Uh, through the, the efforts of the Philippine Sports Commission, uh, from what I know, the National Sports Academy will be taking off pretty soon, no? I think within the year. 
they're going to be recruiting athletes in selected sports. They identified certain sports uh, that will recruit, you know, boys and girls ranges, I think, from 12 to 14 years old who will train at the same time have an education, a scholarship, and they will be exposed to, to tournaments, not just local, and you know, but eventually also international. And this will be the path of, of these athletes to represent us in the future, uh, regional or world games, world level tournaments. And this is something that's never been done. It's in its infancy. And from what I know, some NSAs already have suggested or recommended their athletes for this program. So let's give it, you know, all the support. Uh, these are sports that have been identified that the Filipinos are good at. And hopefully, you know, a new Olympic champion, Asian champion will come out from this program. So, I mean, it, the, the landscape has changed since your time. I don't mean to say that, you know, it's been a while. Oh, many years ago. <laughs> That's true. That's a fact. <laughs> two years ago, two years ago. No, it has changed a lot, right? Like right now we're talking about weightlifting for Heidelin Diaz. We're talking about um, skateboarding for Didal, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think it's time um, to shift our focus on, on these skills and not just on the traditional um, sports um, events that we have set our sights on in the past decades? What do you think about that, Akiko? Actually, you know, Carmina, I think it's uh, because these sports are in their infancy stage, it's the chances also, they're, they're not as many, uh, I guess, it, it, it's in their infancy stage. So I think the potential is even greater if we can focus on it. Um, and that's why I'm really excited for our lady boxers. You know, this is the first time that they're competing in the Olympics. And um, it, yeah, I just... I, I'm so glad that um, we're not falling behind in that regard. You know, we have a skateboarder. If I'm not mistaken, Carmina, in, in Paris, there will be rock climbing and dancing or hip hop dancing or, or something dancing. like that. Break dancing. Yeah. So it's really, you know, it's, it's, but you know, Carmina, it's so, it's also kind of hard to, uh, decipher also how IOC chooses on the sports that come in and which sports go out. I mean, um, as we all know, you know, bowling was in the 1988, but it's still not in the in the Olympics. Uh, taekwondo, taekwondo was also a demonstration sport at 1988, but now it's an official sport. So let's hope mm -hmm. and pray that skateboarding and um, the other sports remain official sports at the Olympics. I, I think the idea was trying to get it uh, to be more attractive to the youth, um, which I think it is. Hmm. But if you were to um, peg now where our strength is, um, Stephen, and also Akiko later on, maybe you can give your, your, your ideas as well. Where are we excelling? And where are you going, where are you going to really develop um, um, where are you going to put the funding? Uh, where are you going to support um, in terms of um, the future of our athletes? Because because right now, who would have thought, right? Weightlifting, who would have thought that we were going to earn our first gold medal 
in the women's weightlifting division. Um, Stephen, your thoughts on that? Uh, well, for for a gold medal, uh, Idrin already did win in 2016, and that gave her a, a push again to strive for the gold. Sabi niya, meron na siyang Sea Games, Asian Games, World Championships. Wala yeah. na lang yung gold medal uh, sa Olympics, and mm-hmm. she achieved that. Mm-hmm. And with regards, naman to 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 sports. So far right now, you know, we're concentrating on individual sports for international events. But at the same time, I know the team events are also trying to strengthen their development program because eventually, you know, it's also the dream of, of, of our nation to bring another team to the Olympic Games. It's been mm-hmm. since, it's been nine, it's been what, almost 40 years since we last brought team or a team sport to the Olympics, but individual events that you know, the Filipinos have excelled in. And of course, with additional events coming up, we are adjusting also to the times because we can't stay stagnant. Correct. There are sports that are coming up. There are events that are popular and the IOC is adopting. So we have to go with the trends. We have to go, kumbaga, ano yung uso? At mm-hmm. its, and of course, you know, the youth today, they all know that. That's why we have skateboarding, dancing is coming up. But at the same time, we have to balance the development of the sport, especially like uh, the NSA should continue to to develop their their own sport and putting it all together. You know, later on this will combine into sometime later on medals for the country. Mm. All right. Um- I also wanted to touch on, you know, how, you know, you've been talking about um, the development of the athlete, um, sports as a way out of poverty, but there are a lot of sad stories out there. When you have former athletes who didn't even get what was due them, even after they brought honor um, to the country. Um, What can you say about how former athletes have been treated, specifically, let's say, Onyok Velasco, took him 20 years to get what was due him. At hindi pa kumpleto, So what, what do you say about that? Maybe you can answer that. I'll, get, I'll give you some time to like gather your thoughts about it. We're going to take a short break. Um, stay with ANC. You're watching After the Fact. We'll be right back. We are back. Uh, You're still watching After the Fact here on ANC. And we're still talking about the state of Philippine sports with Philippine, uh, uh, with Olympians, Akiko Thompson, uh, Guevara, and Steven Fernandez. We are still waiting for Butch Ramirez. He is in Tokyo, but as I understand, he's currently in a meeting. He did promise us that if he gets steps out of that meeting, then he will be able to join us even in our final minutes uh, tonight. But back to the question. Um, Giving the athletes um, what is due them. And we were talking about the story of Onyok Velasco. Took him two decades to get what was due him. And even then, it wasn't even complete. And, you know, that dampens a lot of spirits. And that really paints a 
not so good picture of the sector. What are your thoughts about that? Let's go with Stephen first and then Akiko will get your thoughts on this as well. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, uh, of course, you know, it's, it's a sad plight that it had happened to, uh, to Onyo. Uh, and of course, you know, just to, to say also to mention with other athletes that have retired, you know, some have also really uh, gone into hard times. But many also have been assisted by former athletes and uh, some officials. And uh, just to share, the POA, through our president, Akiko, and the members of the board and other uh, members in the association, we have also helped some of these Olympians uh, medically and, of course, financially. Uh, I wish we could all do more for them. And uh, for those also watching, you know, uh, maybe they can also eventually help later on, you know, for for athletes who have bled literally for our country, uh, mm -hmm. given honor. And uh, yeah, let's continue to, to support them even when they retire. By yeah, what is financial, you know, Carmina, uh, if, I'll, yeah. I, if I'll just add, you know, it's heartbreaking. And, and I, I only heard about Onyok's situation um, fairly recently, but you know, it's, uh, for us from the POA, you know, the POA is is a non-governmental, non, we're not connected with the POC, although we work closely with them. And, you know, we, we, we don't receive any funding really. So, you know, we, we, we have to raise our own funds, but as Stephen was saying, we do try to help out our Olympians and, and also try and link up our Olympians. The, we're, the POA is under the World Olympians Association, and there are a lot of programs there um, that we try to connect to our Olympians because, you know, I think, Kermina, many times for our athletes, you know, during the transition is also where, when they need a lot of help because you know they get this windfall yeah. right now but then if they if they don't manage it well if they they don't have any um you know if they're not entrepreneurial or any financial sense uh it can very easily just disappear and 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 you know so there are programs through the WOA and the IOC through the athlete 365 that help um olympians uh, develop the skills and that's also something that we're trying to do at the POA through the TESDA, offering some skills training for free. Um, yeah. And actually, you know, it would be interesting. I hope Hedlin gets everything that's been promised to her, you know. Yeah, well, you just gave me the perfect segue <laughs> to the next question, <laughs> because that is the concern. Precisely because of, you know, the, the horror stories that we've been hearing about um, athletes that have brought us honor um, only to, you know, know of their predicament now and not getting what they really deserve. That there is a concern that she might not get, the, get what was promised her. Also, there is a concern that she's going to be taxed. Um, is it taxable, the reward money that she's going to get? Would you would you guys know anything about that? Because she did not get it within the competition. This is reward, uh, reward money coming from the private sector. What are your thoughts regarding that, Stephen? Um, actually, Carmina, I'm not too familiar with that, with mm. uh, taxation. But one thing I can share that not too many people know about Heidi Lynn, uh, 
in the Olympics. But while she was training for this big event, she was also continuing her studies. She was enrolled in school. And, you know, this is one thing that uh, we also want to espouse that, uh, you know, if you have the chance to continue with your education, that would be a big help after also your playing career. And Carmina, Stephen's being very humble here. He's the athletic director at the College of St. Benil, and where Hedelin is currently a scholar, um, but she had to take a break from school to focus on the Olympics. But I, I echo everything Penn is saying. You know, we it, it's so important. Uh, I think that they they finish their get their degree as well. Just prepares them also for life after. And Hedelin is amazing. It's not just that. She's an entrepreneur. You know, she she has her own snack, healthy snack business that she's been uh, been working on. So, you know, what you I, were saying a while ago about the transition that that proves to be quite hard for for most of the athletes. So this is what you're saying a while ago that you have your education, you have the skill set so that when all of this is gone, mm -hmm it won't be gone right like yeah go ahead yeah and you know Carmina you know because I guess what most many people don't realize is you know for athletes your whole life is revolving around your sport and it, you know so much so that when you retire there's a there's a huge gap that's left and and for many athletes it's it's a kind of uh self-reflection is that it? Is there anything mm -hmm. else I can do? Is there anything else I'm good at? You know, and, and it can be a very lonely, lonely period for athletes. And so um, that's why I, I always, you know, it's important also to reassure them that, yes, they are Olympians. Yes, they're athletes, but they're more than that, too. You know, there's more that makes up who they are and and that one day there is life after sport. Mm. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on um, the prize money getting taxed. Would you have any thoughts on that? Should it be taxed? For me personally, I hope that it's not taxed. Me too. <laughs> I didn't believe really, she deserves <laughs> she deserves that the, the prize. Uh, she worked hard for it, and you know, we're one we're a hundred million people, and we have one gold medalist, and that proves a lot, you know, about the kind of work effort that she put in, and you know, she deserves everything that you know is, has been promised to her, and I hope, you know, somehow that you know they'll look into this also. So what do you want them to look into when you, when you talk about reward money and price money, Stephen? Personally, I hope it won't be taxed. Because <laughs> mm. it's just the people who are there, right? Yes, but of course, there are people who Of course, you know, they'll be talking and discussing about that. But definitely, you know, whatever she's going to get today, tomorrow, and the week after that, you know, that that is really something she deserves, you know? Mm. What do you, if, if you were to describe, Akiko, the state of the, the Philippine sports sector as we speak, how would you describe it? Uh, Carmina, I'm, I'm really, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited because we have, I mean, so many of our athletes are really just competing at a really phenomenal level. And, and so I think that brings a lot of 
uh, hope also there uh, to the future athletes, seeing them perform and do so well. I mean, Yuko Sasso, how many more golfers are there going to be? And Margie Didal, come on. You know, all these young kids are going to be like, I want to be like her. She's so cool. I don't know. Do you guys see that? I just watched her final clip and she was dancing afterwards and dabbing. And, you know, I'm okay, just for, for everyone. Yeah, I'm just thinking of all these young kids who are like, wow, I want to be like her, you know, and so and, and that aspect of it um, excites me. And I, I think there, you know, I think it this this gold especially kind of just gives us fresh, fresh hope, fresh, you know, just reinvigorates invigorates us even more. And um, especially I, I just have to add that, you know, the I'm just so proud of our women. You know, they, they really are delivering on so many fronts and it's just so awesome to see them doing so well. Yeah, you said it. I mean, the role that these women athletes have even past, you know, their training schedule, right? Um, that's, that, that's something, they're doing a lot as an athlete and yet they're also doing more than that as a woman, as a daughter, right? As, as a sister, as a member of the community, there's, there's a lot going there. So yes, kudos to our women athletes. Um, and, and I was, I we were talking about the importance of follow through, um, right? That this shouldn't be, I hope to God, it's not going to be, you know, one, just one. And then we have to wait another 97 years. But already, Stephen, we're already talking about Elvin Ando, who's considered the heir apparent of, uh, of Heidelin Diaz. Your, your thoughts on that and the importance of, of mentorship and making sure that the chain isn't broken. That's very true. No, it's important to have the next line of athletes you know, after the current one. So when, we, when the, the one present retires, that's true. There's no vacuum in and like I, I heard in an interview that uh, she said, you know, she looks up to her Ate Hedilin. Uh, and I, I'm sure she'll also give a good performance. But of course, we don't want to pressure her. Uh, you know, yeah. especially now that somebody's won a goal, you know, everybody's feeling that pressure. But I hope it becomes even an inspiration to achieve more than a pressure to, to, to succeed. Because it proves that, you know, if you can do it, I can do it too. Something like that. We were hoping to get from Chairman Butch if he had joined us tonight. Um, the the mood um, amongst our our contingent as we speak, given that that gold win by Hydalin Diaz. But you've been there, mm -hmm. right? Um, how if you could describe to us the feeling now among the contingent when you get that one win? Um, is it electric? Does it? possess all of you in the Philippine team? What does it feel like? What did it feel like for you guys? Pan, why did you talk about your bronze at the Olympics? Well, well, no, for, for all of us naman, no, in the Philippine delegation, you know, it's always, uh, we're like family, you know, like I'm sure even in Tokyo, they're like family there. Um, that win, that win yesterday, that I'm sure electrified everybody in the delegation, the secretariat will be, ecstatic you know and i heard some of them couldn't even sleep last night because of all the the calls the messages and the excitement and i was watching uh, uh former congressman monica pentobella's interview he mm. couldn't sleep also until 3 a.m and he had only three hours of sleep so 
you know, it's really electrifying to have someone win. And, you know, that can can spark a lot of inspiration to the others really, yes. uh, that will compete. Like also in 92, when, when Roel won uh, the bronze medal in boxing, we were also very happy for him. Talagang kaling, no? That delegation uh, is going home with a medalist, you know, and... No, but when it was your turn during the '92 Olympics, it's uh, like what Akiko said when you when you when you won that bronze. Did you feel like I I don't know what did you feel like? Well, and when when I won Superman? the medal, I was I, I was in tears the moment they raised my hand to to declare the victory, and then uh, I of course I hugged my coach Grandmaster Hong because to thank him for for all the guidance and help that he's given me. And of course, thank God up there for the chance to represent the Philippines again no, on the second time. But while walking into the stadium and you know preparing for the opening ceremony, they were preparing already. And I said, you know, my dreaming, because you know, I was the only Asian walking in that 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 floor. All the other uh, medalists were Europeans, two were Europeans, and one was from Latin or Central America. So it really gave me such pride, you know. You see the Philippine delegation there cheering for you. So, talagang I was crying, and when I saw the flag raised, you know, in the rafters, you know, for that bronze medal, wow! Talagang flashback of everything that had all begun in 1981 to that year of 1992, that somehow, parang made everything worthwhile. And when I walked back to the stadium, we went back from the bus. You know, there's this group of children who have been always around the entrance and they get autographs of, of all the medalists coming in. And there was a kid that approached me because I was carrying the bouquet. I put the medal already in my bag. And then he goes, did you win the medal? Did you win? Then I showed it to him. Then he goes, could you, could you please sign my book? So I signed this book and, you know, I really felt very thankful and grateful that, you know, that somehow in my lifetime this had happened. It was a demonstration sport then, um, but you know we gave our hearts and and yeah, uh, that ended my career in Taekwondo as an athlete. But I continued to move on as a coach. But I'll never forget that day because even to this day I can remember it in full color. <laughs> and, and I'm course, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. And uh, of course, you know. Teammates were there. Akiko was there also later on. Uh, you know, we were all with the swimmers, the boxers, the, all the other athletes. John Bailon also congratulated the win. Yeah, it's really family. And I'm sure in Tokyo, that's that's what's going to happen to them there also. And, you know, when all all these things are over, the games are over, and they'll reminisce, you know, that uh, this is one part of their life they will never forget. Akiko, a while ago, I asked you about how you would describe the Philippine sports um, um, sector as we speak. As a parting shot, how would you describe the future of, of Philippine sports? Gosh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm very hopeful. I'm, I think, uh, Carmina, I'm, I'm, I like to look at things through the positive lens, and I'm, I'm really hopeful um, you know this this is just such a positive infusion 
and, and hopeful one that, that really, I think, will help children really dream. They have to dream and believe. And if, it, if it's, you know, I think it's become that much more real to them, seeing Hedlin on the, on the podium. And so that gives me hope. Mm. Steven? Same with Akiko, that gives a lot of hope. The first had always been the most difficult. So many attempts, so many tries to win this first Olympic gold, and now it has come. I hope the next one in the next Olympic Games will also no. be there. It's going to come here. Why do you, who knows? Oh, yeah. The Games it's aren't done. <laughs> Sorry. Hello. Hello. It's not over. Not yet over. Yeah. It's no, not just, yet over. Got, yeah, I, I was just looking at the bigger picture now, but. <laughs> do not, not discredit our. For that. But you know, you can expect more. More medals in the days to come from the boxers and all the remaining athletes. EJ and Vienna is still there. And you know, all the support. I'm sure even Heidelin will be there to support, you know, uh, the athletes before she comes back to the country. Yeah. Well, as Akiko said, you know, it's not yet over. The games, the, that's still on, but it is over for us tonight. Um, such a short uh, chat with my, sabihin ko na ba? My childhood yeah. heroes. <laughs> Steven, Olympians, Olympians, Steven Fernandez and Akiko Thompson Guevara. What a privilege, what an honor it is to be chatting with you tonight. Thanks again for joining us and for really igniting a lot of those dreams tonight. Thanks. Thank you, Carmina. Thank you, Carmina. And that'll do it for tonight. I'm Carnina Constantino. Watch this episode again on I Want TFC or listen to our podcast on Spotify. For recaps and exclusive content, you can subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel. You should subscribe. And catch up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. See you again tomorrow after the fact. Keep safe, you guys.